Welcome to What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, hosted by me, Fiona. This is part three of our Pugmire one-shot, so make sure you've listened to the first two parts before continuing on with this episode. To briefly recap, Katie, Brandon, Andrew and Jacob are playing Charles, Benji, Kona, and Posh Allen, respectively, a group of pioneers known as the Paw Patrol. After returning from their first ever mission of mapping the mountains north of Pugmire, they were asked by Duke Henrik Doberman to investigate some worrying reports of bandit activity happening near the Doberman mines, specifically around the small mining village of Ellendonk. As the Paw Patrol gets closer to their goal in uncovering what activity has been happening, they start to realise that all is not what it seems, and that the Duke may have had a secret agenda. Remember, whenever a character performs an ability check, an attack roll or a saving throw, they must roll a 20-sided die known as an E20. They then add any relevant modifiers or bonuses from their character sheet to the result and see if they can beat an unknown difficulty class or DC which has been set by the Games Master. There are two big things that set Pugmire apart from the other D20 systems. One is the Fortune Bowl, and the other is the Order of Initiative. Fortune is a measure of enthusiasm, inspiration, and teamwork. As characters overcome obstacles or play to their character traits or flaws, they build up fortune in their Fortune Bowl. When things get tough, the players can use a token of fortune to push the odds in their favour, and re-roll any die and take the higher result. There are other uses for fortune besides re-rolling a die. These include casting a spell without a spell slot or interrupting combat initiative to take a turn. That leads us quite nicely onto the order of initiative when it comes to combat. Once initiative has been rolled and the character first in the round finishes their turn, they get to decide which character goes next in combat. Once that character has finished their turn, they then get to choose the next person, and so on and so forth until every player and enemy has had a go. Once the last character or enemy has gone in a round, they get to pick who goes first in the next round. This could also include choosing themselves to go again. Note that both players and the Games Master can interrupt this order and take their turns by using fortune tokens, by either removing or adding to the fortune pool respectively. Finally, just a note for this one-shot, we actually did have a cat adventurer and implemented some of the fortune rules from the Monarchies of Mao. But these rules are only slightly different from the core rules set for Pugmire, so there's no need to mention them here. I don't want to get too bogged down in how to play Pugmire, as I couldn't do it justice in the time we have. However, if you want to find out more, check out the official Pugmire website. That's www.realmsofpugmire.com. There's a whole bunch of handbooks and guides and adventure modules and scenarios available to buy and download there. One last thing before we begin. Naturally, there are times in this one-shot where the players and myself, mostly myself, get the rules wrong or forget something plot-wise. Whilst we always endeavour to stick to the rules wherever possible, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes. And what matters most is that everyone enjoys themselves. And with all that out of the way, let's get back to Pugmire. Here's what I propose to you. I will tell you the secret way to open that wall. Your 
party, your pioneers or whatever, goes down into that vault, clears out whatever it is down there, and brings that book back here. If you do that, we can talk further. I pledge our companions here will not leave this place until you return, or until nightfall. Do we have an agreement? Thumbs up. Yeah, I mean, I'm not against cats. Where'd you get a thumb? <laughs> I want one. <laughs> cats have thumbs. Beans. Thumb beans. One, one toe bean up. <laughs> so you're in agreement? You'll help them out? I think we see what's down there. So this badger who then introduced herself as Harriet talks through the different sort of uh, combinations of pressing stones in and out to a certain sort of almost like pattern, like almost like Morse code, for you to get into this this room. Just be careful. Whatever it is down there, it's it's not good. And you need to have your wits about you. Okay. Any other information? I don't know. You seem to be... Well, you seem to be pioneers, right? Just... Do what you normally do. <laughs> Hit things and kill them. Alright, so are you you're all agreeing to go down? Sort out the uh whatever it is down there. You're gonna go try and find this relic, this artifact? Yeah, buddy. And throughout this whole conversation, and you recognize it now as you sort of go back down the stairs, Graf has been very, very quiet. I think seeing the different sort of cat looking very traumatized at the back, uh, has sort of quieted his, his mood. As the wall opens, you see a long, narrow room with two open, rotting doors on each side, along with another staircase leading further down. The walls are heavily scarred and pocketed, like acid was thrown everywhere. The pockmarks get larger as you approach the second set of stairs, and some are even wide enough for a small dog to squeeze their head into. If you imagine sort of like a, a rectangle shape, you've come from sort of the north entrance down sort of staircase into this room, and there's another set of doors wide open, uh, about 30 feet in front of you. And this, all the walls have like different marks on them, uh, some big, some small, as if acid or something had been splashed over them and created these marks. Clearly something was here. What would you like to do? Can I use notice to see? What, what are you looking at? Are you looking at the walls? Are you looking at the next set of doors? Um, let's do the next set of doors. So notice check sets of wisdom plus your proficiency. So I got a 21. So you sort of make your way up across and you can see these doors. They look like they've been blown open as if something has just come up the stairs and just pushed them back. And actually looking down at the, the ground, you can see a lot more uh, footprints. This place clearly has been disturbed recently. You can see at least two sets of footprints, which you probably would sort of think oh these would be sort of badger size so you think Harriet and Levi's have been down here and then there's definitely another set of footprints which are much larger almost like how can I describe it it's if you sort of put your paw next to it this paw is three times bigger whatever this creature is it's clearly dog shape in some size or has like paws and something but they're much bigger and there's also now you look at it, almost scrapes along the floor where claws have been digging in as whatever this creature was, was racing towards the door you've come from, presumably as Harriet was trying to shut it. So I share this information with the party. Can't wait to kill it. I say we send the kid forward. Grolf is like, oh, what, me? Your family, your problems, bud. Your mess. <laughs> no, the Warren, these Warrens aren't mine. They, they don't belong to our family. I came here specifically because... Well, you guys are such great adventurers, and I hope to be one my day yourself. And Damn right we are. <laughs> All of you can make me a wisdom check, or notice check, if you have it. A 16. 12. 
21! I think you all recognise this, but Posh Allen is the one to point it out. This whole place is deathly silent. Before you had like the sounds of the drip as sort of the there's like an underground river somewhere, but making your way down these stairs and into this cavern, it is almost deathly quiet. No sound, no natural environment sounds. Oh god, no words aren't good today. Just it's it's fucking quiet, all right? Like <laughs> so you're all looking down these the stairs into what you assume is the lair, a, a next part. You're not sure, but it's deathly quiet. All right, uh, Leroy Jenkins, <laughs> let's go on in. Um, so if the cat is rushing in, Charles yeah. will also rush down the steps because there's steps, correct? It's like a continuation of the staircase. Okay, so he'll rush down the steps, but once he gets to the bottom, he'll kind of stop, mm-hmm. and if he sees something, he'll kind of back up. Okay, because he likes to rush in, but he doesn't like to fully commit. All right, uh, he's fickle Grove, that way. He is. Grolf will follow behind, seeing that Posh Allen's been his best mate so far, Grolf will follow that. Benji and Kona, do you want to go at the same time, or does one of you want to take the lead and someone take the rear guard? We can go at the same time. Yeah. The near portion of this room is like the top of the stairs, long and narrow, but the walls quickly give way to a large natural cavern that has partially collapsed. The pockmarked walls continue here, but the holes are even larger. In front of you, and you all see this, there is an altar in the middle of the room. And there is something that looks like a book sat atop it. Books, hell yeah. Okay, so who's the fastest? They run in, they grab the book, we're we all turn the same. around. Okay, I actually, don't, I actually don't know that we're all the same speed. I know that you guys claim that we were uh, 30 and then 40, but I have 30, 35 on my sheet. So I might actually be a little bit slower than you guys on four legs. I like the idea that the, the cats on four legs say run and they go, wait, what was that? <laughs> huh? Like you have to sidle your way and that's the Which, I guess I guess it doesn't like surprise me that they would have five feet less movement. I mean, they are smaller. I'd say one of the dogs, go get it. Do I have like mage hand? Yeah, you've no. got magic paw. No, I don't. I do. Charles does. Oh, yeah. I do. So you're saying I could magic paw the book. That I would mean, be, that would be the option. Why don't I try to, to magic paw the book? You're going to do that? You're going to? Yep. yep. I'm going to try and uh, cast a spell. Create okay. my magic paw and try and quietly, gently lift this book off the altar and bring it towards me. So the range of it is about 30 feet. You probably need to get maybe 10 feet closer okay. to do it. It's quite far, so if you're happy to do that. Yep. What does the magic paw look like? What color is it? What you know? It's white, white fur, kind of transparent-esque, long toenails because it needs a trim. <laughs> It's probably dirt caked under the paws as well. So yeah, so you sort of like maybe tap your staff and like go into sort of Professor X concentration mode <laughs> and the paw sort of magically appears in front of you and sort of lazily sort of starts moving across. It goes to the book. And it... If the paw could make noise. Yeah. This book seems to be incredibly heavy. You don't think it can... Well, no, because it's 30 pounds, isn't it? Sorry. It's very heavy, so it, it takes a moment and it's like, wobbles in the air and as it does so as it pulls it off the altar you all hear a rush a noise around you coming out of the walls i'm going to give you all one action to either do something or prepare yourselves and then we can go into combat i prepare a dodge (laughs) all right i'm skittish i head up the stairs all right from whence we came can i sense the motive of the rushing from the walls 
You could do a wisdom check. It's not really a sense member, but you can do wisdom to see whereabouts they're coming from or where those noises are directly coming from, for sure. I can. I'll do that then. Yeah. So. Sounds good. I'll just use the prestidigitation to uh, make an illusory uh, ball of yarn to play with. Okay. Easy enough. That's a 14. As you're sort of starting to back away to go up the stairs, you can tell that uh, with that 14, they're definitely coming out of the walls closest to where Charles is. Right, well. <laughs> Brandon, what would you like to do? I think you ran. Yeah. You, you, so you bit. got up the stairs with Kona? You, you went up the stairs. Alright, uh, could everyone roll me initiative then, please? 10. 17. Oof. 9. 14. Oof. Unfortunately, they go first. Out of the wall, closest to Charles, comes a horrible creature. One you recognise, because you fought it earlier, as big as your paw, with sort of six arms, with a huge sort of carapace, and two things. A diatic leaps out of the wall and tries to attack Charles. Oh, gross. Does an 11 hit you, Charles? I don't believe so. I believe I'm at a 13. Nice. So you manage to, as you're sort of pulling the paw, you see this tick trying to like sort of sideswipe you, and you step back. Uh, the, the paw wavers a little bit with the book, but still holds on. It misses you. End of its turn, it's going to pick another tick to go next. So from the other wall, it's going to come out and try and attack you on the other side, Charles. Oh, that was a really bad roll. I'm guessing a seven doesn't hit you either. No. <laughs> no. So again, you sort of keep stepping back, back and back, but distance between you and the book is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the Whilst the mage hand is trying to pull it, uh, sorry, the mage paw is trying to pull it, it's going to take, you know, it's, you, you think it's just going to be quicker to go in there and grab it. Oh, and you know what? Because you were dodging, they would have got disadvantage on the roll, but they didn't do it anyway, so that's fine. End of its go, it's going to ask another one of its friends to come and help, unless someone wants to interrupt the order. No, I'm fine. <laughs> no? Cool, just making sure. Another one, this time from beneath Charles's feet. Buries up its horrible sort of like um, yeah fangs, I guess. Comes forth and tries to grab you on one of the legs with a disadvantage. That's really annoying. That's an eight to hit. Nope. Ah, that's really annoying. And then the final one again comes comes out of the wall. Disadvantage. Oh yeah, that's a four to hit. Nope. <laughs> nope. So you manage to sort of dodge all these things, and you are now surrounded by at least four of these horrible diatics. It's sort of they're, they're chittering, echoing around the tavern. But that's its go. I'm going to pick then the only person I probably it probably makes sense to pick. I'm going to pick Charles to go next. Me? Yeah. Okay. You. Um. What would you like to do? You've had these four ticks all around you trying to attach onto you, but you've managed to dodge them so far. Can I magic missile while maintaining magic paw? Yeah, absolutely. Um. So there are four ticks. There's four of the ticks around you. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna try and hit the one that's beneath me. Can I do yep. that? Yeah, absolutely. So you're going to hit um, it with all three darts? Is that the one that's closest to me? They're all within the same distance. So there's not one that's particularly close to you. They're all the same distance, essentially. Do I want to spread out my attack? Or do I want to just focus one? I mean, try and get rid of one. So either pop yeah. two at the same one or all three at one. So we can try and get rid of one yeah, tick. Okay, I'm going to do... I think I'm going to do two on the one beneath me. Okay, go for and it. And then uh, the last one on a different one. Okay, so there's the first missile. It's a three. So three. Yeah, that's why I thought it said. Okay, yeah, three. And then the second missile is a two. 
Okay. What, five to that first tick? You blast this one and it, you can see the darts shifting in one side, shifting in the other side. It looks very, very weak, but it's still standing. Okay, and then the third one will go to a different one. Four on that one. Yeah, and then the third one goes in and again, it appears. they look weaker, but they're still standing. Do you have a bonus action or do you want to move anywhere? If I move, does um, Magic Paw move with me? It technically says it's an action. I, I'll leave you, I'll make it as a bonus action so you can try and get it closer towards you i will say though the book as it's a little bit like cumbersome it might go half movement so it'll be about 30 feet it will be able to move yeah let's try so are you backing away then um yeah so are you are you going to try and get up the stairs yeah and try and pull magic paw with so that's fine so you as you sort of make your way up the stairs and the paw comes with you you take four opportunity attacks from all the dietics um, oh. <laughs> well, she baited you into that one by asking if you wanted to move. That's okay. That's a that's a pro DM move right there. That's an unnatural twenty on the first one. Uh, another unnatural twenty on that one. Uh, eighteen, and then an eleven. So I think three of those hit. Yeah. Okay, so you take six points of piercing <laughs> damage as three of the ticks manage to launch themselves onto you and attach themselves one to your arm, one to your leg, and one to your back, and they start to suck. As a result. Okay, friends, I have two stamina points left. This is not going to end well. That's the end of your turn. Who would you like to go next? Um, who's closest to me? So you have next to you Posh, Alan, and Graf. And then the two idiots that buggered off upstairs, Benji and Kona. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Um, so I'm going to choose Posh, Alan. <laughs> there's a tactical retreat. So there's there's one that's like almost dead? There's two severely weakened. Um, the, I'll say is one both of them on Katie? Okay, I'll attack the one. I'll attack one of the ones that's almost dead. That's on Katie, but I'll use Eldritch Blast. I don't have. I don't have a magic missile. Okay. So I'll I'll Eldritch, Eldritch Blast it. Watch Alan sort of comes up and goes, "Stay still." <laughs> well, no. I mean, I do it from five feet away, so I don't take disadvantage <laughs> because I don't want to get within melee. Uh, Thirteen. Ooh, just misses AC fourteen. Huh? So you oh, well. you sort of focus and you <laughs> try like and. It just the 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 tick sees it and just sort of somehow dodges behind like the wrist of um of Charles and it just pff, misses. Oof, not good. Yeah, I I go back to uh playing with my illusory yarn ball. Okay. Um, and I will select uh Graf to go next. Graf is like, oh my god, Sir Charles of Paw Patrol. He'll be fine. You. He'll be fine. He gets out his short sword and hits one of the creatures. Uh, 16, yep, he does that. He goes for one of the weaker ones, kills one of them straight off with a nice sort of flick of his sword. He manages to cut it free from your from, from the wrist where that one is and just sort of flees off. He says, can somebody help? Please, anyone! Sir Charles is, is mortally wounded! And then he'll pick uh, Benji to go next. I guess I saunter my way back down. Saunter. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a pretty Benji thing. Yeah. All right. So I did my thirty foot of movement. How far away? Uh, oh yeah, you. I'm gonna say you within range. Yeah. Within range, like twenty feet or melee range. You can get up to a melee range if you want. Easily. No, enough. I'm gonna stay a l- <laughs> five to ten feet away, okay. and I'm gonna throw my trident at the weakest <laughs> one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when I only have one physical weapon to use, I like to throw it away too. You know, I won't need it. I won't need it next turn to stab somebody. 
Excellent. All right, so yeah, you pick up the trident, and again, you say the same sort of thing to Sir Charles. Hold still. <laughs> why do we always? Why do we sound like we have sore throats? <laughs> what does the twenty hit? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that definitely hits. Roll damage. <laughs> I like the idea. You, you like Sir Charles is like no. I sort of like bends forward to sort of like not be hit, and the one on the back gets skewered as a result. Oh, with with that nine, yeah, it's dead instantly. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Done. So yeah, this you hear a saw as it sort of hits in and skewers the ground. Uh, so that's your action. You've your movement. Do you have a bonus action you'd like to use? Don't know that I have a bonus action that would be helpful at the moment. Oh yeah, I should have popped a rage. Oh well. Okay. Uh, so then fi- finally, it's it's uh, Kona to go. How many how many ticks are left? Like there's one? uh one that's still attached to uh Sir Charles. It's it's the healthiest looking one because they killed the other two weak ones. And there's one on the ground. And you're at the top of the stairs just now. Uh, I guess I will go over to the closest one, which is what probably on Charles. Yep. I will hit it with my sword. That's a twelve. Doesn't hit. You managed to go over again. These creatures have got a very hard cover. Maybe you hit it, but it makes no dent in it at all. You're like. God damn it. Oh, <laughs> so you used your movement, I'll say, and you've used an attack. Do you have a bonus action? Probably not as a no. ranger. Alright, so that's the end of this round of initiative. Uh, you can choose who to go next. Choose myself, yeah. And we'll just do this over again. Yep, alright. Yep, so you choose yourself. Roll your attack. Corner round two. That's a 14. 14 just hits. Roll your damage. So maybe this time you're like, no, I've got it this time. Don't worry. <laughs> Eight. Nice. nice. Kills it instantly. Boom. You sort of like, maybe do like a golf swing and you just hit <laughs> it. like and a practice like swing. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, sorry, just warming up. But, but the first it. one wasn't really a practice swing. You just whiffed on it, but you're, you know, everyone else was far enough away with their balls that you're able to like play it off like it was a practice swing. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. And that's your action? Yep. We'll choose Benji to go next. You choose Benji. I'm going to interrupt the order. So you've got three tokens in the pool. Okay, well, boom. I'm going to take a favorite token and interrupt that. All right. I like it. All right, I'm just going to do the same thing I always do. Eldritch Blast. On the tick on the ground? What other targets would there be? Like, who else could I attack? Oh, no, I missed. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Okay, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to playing with nine. my I'm going to go back to playing with my yarn ball. And I pick Grolf again. I'm like, all right, bud, it's you. Hang on, let me let me just describe what happened. Okay, so you rolled a nine. Or you rolled, you got a nine total. You maybe look round the the ball a little bit, and you go, "Oh, maybe I should pay attention to this." And you lazily shoot it. And this this tick is looking at you and just sidesteps the uh, <laughs> <laughs> hell just blast. Go back to play with my yarn ball. Well, I'm going to interrupt the order. There is a howl as stepping like from um, a I feel tunnel. like we should interrupt the order, dogs. <laughs> As suddenly, from behind the altar, a huge hound appears. This creature looks awful. As if almost like a twisted version of a a normal hound, but three times as big. You see sort of like orange and yellow lights coming from its eyes, and like slobber coming down. All of you are not scared by it, but you all feel that horrible feeling that this creature has been possessed by something we all call the unseen. I like to think of the unseen as when your cats and dogs are looking into space <laughs> and don't move, it's because they can see the unseen. Is that also what they bark at when there's fucking nothing going on outside? <laughs> maybe, maybe. 
So this creature sort of st steps forward, hearing the noise that you guys have been making. Can everyone uh, make a wisdom saving throw, please? As this creature sort of leans back and howls this horrific like, baying sound that hits around all of the cavern walls. I don't like the new dice roller either, man. Oh, God. This is oh, God. God. <laughs> come, come on, Sir really well with it. my you trident. What did everyone get? Bad. We all got four. bad. Real bad. I'm guessing everyone got under 13. We all got single digits. Uh, oh, dear. Three of us got five or less. <laughs> yep. For the next five rounds, you are oh, no. frightened of this creature. You have disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls whilst the source of fear is in sight. You cannot willingly move closer to the source of fear. So, the yeah, so that's all it does for this turn. It starts to come towards you at 30 feet. Oops, it's, about, it's about 40 feet away from you, and you guys are frightened of it. Um, it's going to choose for its next turn. It's going to choose the tick. And it's going to, seeing the weakest person, it's going to try and attack Charles. Ooh, does it do it? Does it do it? That was an 11 on the dice. Does, does, oh, does a 13 hit? Um, I'm at a 13. Yes, it does hit. It latches onto you and takes, you take three points of piercing damage as it grabs onto you. So I'm at zero now. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you fall unconscious. So you, all three of you see this creature barreling towards you and the diatic on uh, Sir Charles's shoulder as Sir Charles has fallen unconscious. So I'm going to pick Sir Charles to go next because I'm a dick. Uh, Sir Charles, can you roll me a death saving throw? <laughs> and remember, death saving throws to succeed have to be 15 or higher. So there's no modifier on it? Constitution saving throw. I got a nine. A nine. Okay, that's one Rip. death fail. Brandon, we want the old dice roller. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back the old bot before Katie dies. So now I get to pick, right? You get to pick someone, yeah. Um, and I can't pick Kona or Alan, right? Correct. You've got Benji and Grolf next. Um, I'm going to choose Benji. I mean, Grolf helped you, but okay. Um, Benji, it's your go. <laughs> I'm in range of the uh, tick, so we're going to... We're going to pop a rage. Okay, bonus action rage. Oh, I'm assuming the book falls when I go unconscious. Yeah, the book falls. Oh, dear. So, uh, so you, 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 you rage and you, you swipe down on this ticking in uh, front of you. Um, but it's, again, fuck it. It's going to parry your blow because it's so fucking hard. Um, <laughs> you, can't, you can't seem to hit it. I'll select our last party member. Grolf. The hero of the Paw Patrol. <laughs> well, it's just his—it's his special guest appearance character arc, right? Like you, you wanted know, to you make him it. feel like he was a part of the team. He's also <laughs> frightened of the the baying thing. What he's going to attempt to do is he knows that this uh, tick creature is going to keep draining life. What he's going to try—he's going to try and rip off a uh, dire tick off Sir Charles's body. Now I need to do that. It's a strength twelve check. So with a 17, he pulls this, this tech off and it sort of squeaks in pain and he, he throws it towards... It not trying to hit the, the hound, but it's just trying to throw it away. So he, he manages to get rid of the tick for now at 30 feet. That's all he can do. Then, because it's at the end of the turn, he's then going to go again and then he's going to try and stabilise Sir Charles. He needs to do a medicine check. Uh, it's got to be 10 or higher. Ooh... That was an that was an eleven plus one, so twelve. So Charles, you are now stabilized. You are unconscious. 
what you can do on your turn, you can roll your stamina die to, if you've got it still, to yep. regain hit points. But that you have to do that on your turn. Okay. That's, so that's Graf, that's gone. Uh, he's going to choose Benji to go next. Okay, so Benji, what would you like to do? You see you see, Sir Charles has been stabilised, but still unconscious on the ground. The tick is about 30 feet away from you, and the hound is coming up to you guys very, very soon. The tick in the opposite direction of the uh, hound? He would have just panicked and thrown it towards the hound, but it didn't attack so or anything. So I can't like go towards it? No, not really, I'll say. So I'm going to just grab uh, Charles by the scruff, and we're going to retreat 30 feet, and then it'll be Charles's turn. Sounds good. So yeah, you're making your way up the thing. So Charles, you can use your stamina die to heal yourself. You wake up, Charles. You're sort of bleary-eyed. You're covered in uh, sort of bite marks from these ticks. And you go, oh shit, we've left the book down there. What would you like to do? Um, so I think I rolled my stamina die. Oh yeah, that eight. Yeah, you're back up to, you're back up to full. I would say as well that you are no longer frightened of the creature because you fell unconscious. Yes. Okay. Um, so Magic Paw does use a spell slot, correct? Magic Paw is a cantrip. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. So but, I do but still you, have... But you've moved out of like the range because Benji pulled you out. So you're at the top of the stairs now. But I could use Magic Missile on the Hound and or Tick. Yes, because that's 120 feet. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So let's let's use our last spell slot. Mm-hmm. And magic missile. Um, so I'm going to do one on the tick. Does the tick look damaged at all? No. Okay. Two on the tick, one on the hound. Roll that for me then. So there's the first one. Mm-hmm. The second one. And there's so both six. on the tick? Yep. So seven on the tick. Seven on the tick. You sort of like, you concentrate really hard, hold out your paw, and there's these beautiful sort of like white uh, darts come out and hit the tick, and it just goes, and falls over dead. Uh, like its arm, its legs curl up like a spider. For the last one, I do two towards the uh, wolf. So as this dart goes forth and hits the hound between the eyes, you see it sort of diminish. You don't think it has had the full effect. It's almost as if it's resistant to certain types of magic. Okay. But that's that's your go. Uh, uh, who would you like to go next? You've got Posh Allen and Kona and the demon hound. Let's go, Posh Allen. All right, Posh Allen. Hooray! All right, you know what time it is. It's time to uh, hit it with an Eldritch Blast. Yep. 18. 18 hits. Roll your damage. 10. Uh, well, it's going to be, I'm pretty sure Eldritch Blast is force damage. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be the same as Magic Missile, so it's going to so, be 5 damage. So you managed to just sort of like... You you maybe whiff away your illusory um, ball of no, ball. No, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> I'm controlling the narrative. Still, I can still keep it going. You wave it away for a second, try and focus all your energy into your paws and let loose this sort of beautiful blast of energy. And again, hitting it square in the face, uh, it looks up at you and the horrible drool. So this thing is frightening and you don't think it has had the same effect. I start playing with the ball again. Uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, you've got Kona or the Demon Hound next. Kona. So when I rolled to see if I hit with my longbow here, it's at disadvantage, correct? Yes, you're right, because this creature is its very terrifying. You are scared of it currently, so it well, will be I have plus two to all attack rolls with range and weapons. So mm-hmm. is that for hit chance or damage? Hit. Hit chance, that's what I thought. So we will try and shoot that thing. 
with our bow. Oh, an eight. Does that hit? Um, no, unfortunately not. You, you again, you, your, your, your paws are shaking as you're putting the arrow into the bow, and it just and just hits off to one side. No effect. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do? You, everyone, I think, bar Posh Allen and yourself have gone up the stairs. Oh no, and Gruff have gone up the stairs. Uh, do you want to move anywhere? Do you want to? I, you can only really move anywhere. I think you don't have a bonus action. Yeah, I'm fine. Just uh, shaking in my boots, I guess. Demon hounds go. Now, I'm going to roll a d6. And so 1, 2 is Grof. 3, 4 is Kona. 5, 6 is Posh Allen. No, that doesn't sound right. 3, so it's Kona. This creature bounds up to you, Kona. Uh And with one big, it tries to bite you. Uh, Okay. Ooh, does a 21 hit? (laughs) Sly, she can't see your character sheet. Um, Let me tell you, Kona, you've got an AC of 12. So I wrote that down last time. Ah, shoot. Can't <laughs> you take six points of piercing damage as this creature bites into you and the, the ooze from its slobber sort of goes all over your arm. End of the round. Um, it's going to pick itself to go again. No, and I'm going to take a fortune and I'm going to go. Oh, okay. What are you going to do, fan- uh, Posh Allen? Obviously, I'm going to just shoot it with Eldritch Blast. <laughs> I'm just going to shoot it with Eldritch Blast at disadvantage because it's still there. Yeah, yeah. My Eldritch Blast, my Eldritch Blast themes look like... Uh, uh, Elongated balls of yarn. Ooh, that's only an 11, though. An 11 doesn't hit. You manage to shoot off to one side, like, um, and it then doesn't hit. It sort of turns around, but its its attention is currently on Kona. Kona's up, I guess. All right, Kona, <laughs> it's your go. This creature's right in front of you. What would you like to do? I guess we're going to try and hit it with my sword. With disadvantage. Uh, yeah, Kona, you, you're trying to back away from this creature and just wildly swing at it. Uh, doesn't seem to again. You it, you don't connect with it at all. You've got Gralf, Benji, Sir Charles, and the Demon Hound to go next. Who would you like to choose? Uh, let's go, with Charles. Charles. Okay, so how far am I from the book and from the Hound? So from the Hound, I'll say you're about thirty feet. Okay. From the book, you're about forty-five feet. So is the Hound behind me, in front of me? The Hound is between you and the book. And and is it currently uh, savaging Kona? Um. So I guess I'm going to walk up to the hound, mm-hmm. and I will use my quarter staff to bludgeon it. So at twelve to hit. God damn! No, that doesn't hit. You go to sort of swipe at it. Its teeth go around your staff, and it grips it. You manage to tear your staff out of its mouth, but again, it just looks super angry. No effect. Yeah. So I don't think there's. Much else I can do. Um, You've got got Gralf, Benji, and the Demon Hound left. Let's go Benji. Alright, Benji, you're up. Benji can't really do anything because he's still scared. I only had one ranged attack, and I threw the trident. I have to go collect that still. Well, you you threw it it at a tick, didn't you? Uh Uh-huh. You were close to it. I'd say you'd have a chance to pull it out and have the, the trident with you. So I was, I'll give you that because like it, that all happened very quickly, but you managed to pull the trident out. Well, I guess we're rolling to that disadvantage still because you, like you said, you're still frightened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, how the well... bot also says crit fail, just like just in case we weren't sure. You throw the trident and it just clatters on the stairs in front of of the demon. You don't even get anywhere close, and it's oof, not happy. You've got Grolf, and you've got the Demon Hound left. 
Uh, let's go. So pick, I say we pick the Demon Hound. That way it doesn't Ooh. get two attacks in a row. Yeah, yeah. Let's do Demon Hound. Then Grolf can send it back to us. All right. So it's gonna be one, two for Posh Allen, three, four for Kona, five, six for Charles, seven, eight for Grolf. Oh, eight. Grolf gets hit. Oh, we'll be attacked. Uh... Ooh. So you can see the Demon Hound goes and bite. Yeah, it bites Grolf. Uh, Grolf tries to wriggle out of it and seems to do something, but it still takes the damage. Unfortunately, not enough. Uh, so that's a 1d8. Oof. Oh, that's not good. Grolf goes down straight away. It's 10 piercing damage. Ouch. It's then Grolf's turn. Grolf makes a death saving throw. Okay. It's end of the round. Uh, I'm going to give it up to you guys, because obviously I, I'm playing Grolf just now, so it's it's Grolf's turn, so who who would you like to go next? I would say you can't tell currently, because he's on the ground unconscious, you can't tell at this moment that if he's uh, bleeding out or not. Is he near-ish to me? Yes. Because I can walk over there. If you need to stabilize someone, it's that's going to be an action. Yeah. That's the only thing. And you're the only one who's not attacking at disadvantage. Mm, that's true. But she's also the only one that can get to him because none of us can move closer. You want to go next, Sir Charles? Yeah. All right. What's your plan? And this, so this dire wolf or this what this hound seems like it's been damaged, but not a lot. Yeah, you would say like now that you've had a, two rounds of fighting it, where did it go? You think it's taken uh, like a little bit of damage, but it's clearly resistant to most types of damage. But if I go over and stabilize Grolf, then we potentially have one more person to help us do damage. Yep, technically he won't be frightened anymore, for sure. Ooh, that's true. Okay, I'm going to go over to Grolf and see if he's stabilized or not. Uh, At a quick glance, you can see blood coming out of him. Okay, so then can I stabilize him as an action? Yep, so do wisdom. Uh, You need to get a 10 or above. 19! Grolf sort of splutters. A little bit as you sort of like put your hand, like a, you maybe get cast like a magic paw just to sort of hold him in a little bit, and he goes and comes back to consciousness. Uh, and he will roll his stamina die. All right, so he's back, he's back up and kicking. So, Sir Charles, who do you want to go next? You've got Posh Allen, Kona, Benji, the Demon Hound, and Grolf now. Let's go, Allen. All right, Posh Allen. Hmm, I guess I will. Uh... Yeah, I'll just go ahead and do chill touch, I guess. I'll do it once. I'll do it once and we'll see what happens. 24. Nice. Yeah, that definitely hits. That was a nice disadvantage roll. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No modifier, just straight damage. It's a cantrip, so it's just just straight damage. Wait, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry. Hang on. Did you... Everyone who's attacked it so far and it's succeeded has been force damage. It's not been physical damage, hasn't it? I believe so. Yeah, yeah because that hasn't landed any physical okay, then, damage then, on then, it. Yeah, sorry, it would have attacked the full effect. Sorry, that's my bad. It's because I've read the rules wrong. Uh, I mean, then I would have done Eldritch Blast instead of Chill Touch there. Okay, I'll let you do that because I, I fucked up on that one. But keep the attack roll, just roll the damage. Yeah. I, I... Yeah, I'm, not, I'm certainly not re-rolling that attack roll. <laughs> oh, two. Great. Well, I'm glad we had this conversation. <laughs> Uh, who's next? Who's the, who are my options? You've got Kona, Benji, and Gruff. How many more turns of being afraid are we? Two. In that case, I will go with Kona. Hey. All right, Kona. 
What would you like to do? This creature's still in front of you. It's, ta it's taken... It looks like, actually, on second glance, it looks like it's taken a bit more damage than you thought. But it's still standing. It's still quite scary. Is it still, like, super close to me, or did it move away from me? Yeah, no, it's still it's still super close to you. It's in range of... Uh, melee range of you, Sir Charles, and Graf. I'm going to say that Poshan's off to the side so you can do his Eldritch Blast, and Benji's further back. Well, I didn't hit, so... Oh, that's a shame. So that's 11. Yeah, you sort of... Yeah, so you're like... It's still... All right, uh, so you've got to pick either Benji, Gralf, or the Demon Hound. Go, Benji. Benji. I can't get closer. I have no ranged attack. Nope. So I do nothing? You could always, like, hold an action for something. I suppose if something gets close enough that it's within range, I will swing my maul at it. Yeah, might as well just hold that, yeah. Yeah, we'll hold that action. All right, cool. Uh, you've got the Gralf or... Demon Hound. Uh, let's go Demon Hound. Alright. Uh, 1-2 Sir Charles, 3-4 Kona, 5-6 Groff. 4 Kona. Okay. Roll. Does a 21 hit. Oh, no, sorry. 24. Another 6 points of piercing damage. Ooh. Ooh, just, just about there. This, this Demon Hound clamps down again on the same wound. Really digging in. You may hear a bone, like, sort of, like, creak a bit as it almost snaps still just holding on there Kona alright last but not least Grolf he is just gonna he's just gonna do what he does best and sort of attack with a short sword oh and hits that's a 22 to hit as he hits in now you see that it doesn't do as much damage but still every little helps Grolf is then gonna choose because he's now up he's gonna choose to go again and hits again Oh, nice. It's interesting to see these two attacks one after another. You see Grolf, it was shaken by this creature, but now it's starting to get into rhythm, almost like inspired by the Paw Patrol's um, ventures so far, somehow. And its two big swings take out big chunks into this creature. It's still standing, but you think it's, he's done quite a bit of damage. Uh, he's going to choose Sir Charles to go next. Um, I'm going to do the only thing I can do, and quarter staff hit. 22 to hit. Hits. Finally hits. Don't get too excited yet. Gotta roll damage. Three! Again, you're like, stop it! Stop it now! <laughs> uh, again, not doing as much damage, but every little bit helps. Who would you like to go next? Posh Allen, Kona, Benji, and the Demon Hound. Well, let's go Allen. Alright, Allen. I've got one thing that I do really well, and it's called Eldritch Blast. I got a 14. Just misses. Uh, who are the people left? You've got Kona and Benji. Kona. All right, Kona, with your one hit point. I'm still afraid, right? Uh, you are, yes. Try it. Hit him again. Go for it. Ah, oh, five. Unfortunately not. Again, you're, you're getting to that point now where you're actually getting quite frightened of this creature. It's getting to the point where you're like, oh god, I don't know if I will survive this. You've got Benji or the Demon Hound. You know what? No, I'm going to put you out of your misery. The Demon Hound goes next. I'm going to add another token to the pool. Demon Hound is... Grolf did hit quite a chunk out of it. Kona's not a threat. So Charles did a little bit of damage, but not much, and neither. Going to go for Grolf. It's going to sort of wheel around to, towards Grolf and make an attack. Oh, hits. <laughs> not good. Oh, Grolf goes down again. That was a, that was a really good roll by me. Uh, Benji, it's your go. Uh, nothing came close, so we're going to do the same, because this is the last turn of being frightened. Yeah. And uh, I can't so... get close enough to my friends to do anything. Nope. 
Okay, so top of the round, Benji, who would you like to go next? I'm not frightened anymore. Nope. Hooray. Easily shake charge it in with my maul. Hooray. Do it. Does a 13 oh, for hit? For God's sake, no. 13 doesn't hit, it's a 50. <laughs> uh, wow, I rolled shit. So you, you go in and you like try you try to sort of back him off from Grolf, uh, but this creature stands stands there in the way. Um, I guess while I run by, I picked up my trident. Yeah, I'll say that. Easy enough. And I pick Kona. Alright, Kona. Am I still afraid? No. Uh, not anymore. Yay. No one else is afraid anymore. <laughs> no one's afraid. We shall shoot it. Actually, no, it's close, so we'll hit it with my sword. Wow. Guys, you're not afraid anymore. You can actually hit it if you want to. It's, like, <laughs> it's a natural one. Again, just sort of steps a little bit too far, so you just miss, unfortunately. You've got Grolf, who's unconscious, Sir Charles, Posh Allen, and the Demon Hound. Uh, Posh Allen, go. Alright, I'm gonna go try and heal up Grolf. <laughs> okay, you're gonna try and stabilize him? It's a wisdom saving throw. No, wisdom throw, sorry. 14. 14, yeah, so he's now stable, but he can't. He's just on zero hit points. I continue to play with my Yarn Ball. And I select, what are my options? Uh, an Unconscious Grolf, or Sir Charles, or the Demon Hound. Well, actually, Grolf doesn't have any hit die left, does he? Nope. All right, I'll use my movement to pull him back a little bit. He sort of slumps on the floor, making a horrible squeaky noise as you pull him. I mean, I guess I'll play Charles. Charles? Um, I will hit it with a quarter staff. Do it. Um, an 11. 11 doesn't hit. You're all sort of backing away from this creature, even though you're no longer frightened. And yet all these attacks either just hit off the hide or seem to be uh, seem to be uh, absorbed somewhat by its hide. Charles, do you want Grolf to go or do you want the Demon Hound to go? I feel like we should let the Demon Hound go so he doesn't get two in a row. I choose the Hound to go next. All right, the Hound, seeing that Grolf's on the floor, seeing Kona's on the floor, Benji's just rushed in. Uh, it's going to go and try and get Benji. Wait, Kona's... No, she's up. She's up by one. Sorry, Grolf's on the floor. Yeah, I'm fine. Twenty-one to hit Benji. Yeah. Seven points of piercing damage. As again, this creature's bite comes down and hits on you. Um, and I'm resistant to that. How many yeah. points did you say? So it's seven, rounded down to three. Sweet. And that's all it can do. It's then Grolf's turn. Grolf is unconscious. There's nothing. Can't do anything. Grolf will pick someone to go next. That's not. That's not Grolf because obviously he's unconscious. Who should go next? I'm raging, let's go. Very alpha male of Benji. <laughs> God. Oh my actual god. You know, if we were allowed to, like, you know, flank or something so we could get advantage. No, let's face it, you guys have rolled shit this whole time of this dice roller. I'm starting to think it's an actual Right, thing. and if you and if you used the dice roller too, maybe you wouldn't have gotten so many yeah. critical hits on us and stuff. This I'm gonna is start not fair. rolling my own dice. Alright, Kona, let's go. Kona, what would you like to do? We're going to try and hit it with my sword. <laughs> Hooray! Now you've Hooray! made, now you've made Kona sad. <laughs> Alright, Kona. Big money. How do you only have a plus one to your sword? Uh, That's for dexterity. Dexterity plus proficiency. Oh. We get proficiency on those hits. Crap. Most of the time it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Yeah. Because I wasn't close like this entire time. I've been getting like back-to-back crook fails. Oh, never mind. Nice. Yay. Hooray. You make a big swing to hit it, like using the last of your energy, and it's a horrible cut as you cut it across the neck. Suddenly, it's starting to look very, very shaky. 
I hope. He sunk his sword into his neck. Who would you like to go next? You've got Posh Allen, Charles, the Demon Dog, and an unconscious Grolf. Charles. Oh, okay. Go on, Charles. Critical hit! Ah! <laughs> 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 oh, no, roll the dice damage, double it, and then add your um, weapon modifier on top of that. Roll 1d8, and then we'll double it, right? You can if you want, or roll 2, two d Or you can roll 2d8. I usually like rolling more dice, to be honest with you, but depending on how this dice roller's been... That's, um, yeah, what I'm worried about. So that was a 12 total. Yeah. Goes down to 6. Ooh. It's on 4 left. So you've got either Posh Allen, the Demon Hound, or an Uncultured Grolf. <laughs> We're going Posh Allen. All right, no, Posh I, Allen, no, no pressure. I pass. I let Demon Hound do it. <laughs> I, I, I don't want him to feel left out. Sure. No, I miss. Scots. <laughs> I go back to playing with my arm. Worst dice roller ever. I know. <laughs> do you want the Demon Hound to go next, or do you want Grolf to go next? I mean, I'm going to let the Demon Hound go next, I guess. Like, Grolf can't do anything, so... So the Demon Hound... Annoyed about how you keep trying to hit it, uh, for Posh Allen, and not doing it, it's going to turn around and try and go for you. Which means, because you were out of melee range, everyone else gets a no. That's to bullshit. Hit it. You can't fucking throw us a bone like that. I am. So uh, Benji, Kona, and so Charles, you all get a chance to uh, attack of opportunity. So roll. Don't attack. Attacks. Don't attack it. Don't let Fiona have you have this victory of handing us the W. I mean, with my dice rolls, it might not matter anyway, so... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the 12. That's a critical fail. Fuck this game! <laughs> Katie, do you want to roll your attack of opportunity? Sure. I got a 14. Oh, So everyone missed. <laughs> Good job, everyone. You weren't expecting Demon Hound to go for Posh Allen. Uh, Posh Allen does a 23 hit. No. I think it does, because your AC is 12. You take five points of piercing damage as this creature comes and just bites your head. Just straight off, bites it. Like, off? <laughs> no, but would have done. <laughs> That's it. It's good. It ends Grolf's turn. Grolf is un- unconscious. Top of the round. Um, who would like to go first out of you guys? And hopefully the final round of this terrible, terrible... Go, conflict. Charles, go. Okay. All right, that's a seven. Uh, again, you, you, you. Everyone's getting very desperate at this point. You're just hitting it back and forth, and it is. It's looking, like I said, it looks pretty damaged. Still standing, just swinging though. wildly. So, Charles, who would you like to go next? You've got Benji, <laughs> Posh Allen, Kona, Unconscious Grolf, and the Demon Hound. Let's do Kona. Kona, no Come pressure. On, Kona, chance for redemption. Kona. Hey, that's an unnatural twenty. Hooray! <laughs> you finally hit this creature. Roll your damage. Ba-ba-da-ba. For seven damage. Seven? Half mm-hmm. to foot. What kind? Half to three. I'm guessing because it's a, a sword. Yeah, it's a rapier. One hit point left. Kona, who would you like to go next? You've got Benji, Posh Allen, Unconscious Grolf, or Demon Go Posh Allen. Posh yeah, go Allen. Posh Allen. I mean, I have disadvantage because it's going to be a ranged spell attack, but nope. Nope. This dog's so up in your face, and because its its teeth are now wrapped around your head, it is very difficult to shoot an Eldritch Blast at it. Will someone throw a uh, d20 plus 5 on the Dice Maiden, please? Hooray! 17. I hit. Yay! Benji, how do you kill the Demon Hound? Pee on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I swing at its face for 15 damage. 15 damage. Uh, <laughs> properly, to make sure it's actually dead, you sort of lop, you go and you just lop its whole head off. And it just Classic. Goes... Should have aimed for the head moment. As the creature sort of falls still and 
the cabin is now silent. Uh, no sign of any more ticks, and the creature is dead. You have defeated my demon hound puzzle. <laughs> what would you like to do? Well, we should stabilize Grolf. He is stable. He's just unconscious right now. So we don't have a way to heal him. Let's just leave Grolf there. We'll have to like sleep overnight for him to get back up, probably. Let's go read this book. The book that's sort of fallen 15 feet from you guys. Um, who would like to pick it up? Me! No, the cleric. Me. <laughs> I picked it up. I'm going to pick it up again. Fair enough. Um, so you pick up this book and examining it in your paws, you realize that it's only a book in shape only. The cover is rigid and can't be opened. And the edges are only carved to look like pages. It's also heavier than it should be. And actually holding it in the palm of your paws, there's a slight vibration as you hold onto it. Clearly, this is a masterwork artifact. Can I use our no arcana? Yes, you can. Use our no, uh, no arcana. Uh, I would also like to know arcana. I got a 21. Nice. I only got a 9. You've been busy looking after that uh, ball string. Yeah, but what about... I got a 5. to be a part of this. Five. <laughs> what about, what about, hold on. What about my no history? Let's see if I know, let's see if I know history. Yeah. Ooh, nope. But what about no culture? <laughs> So whilst Posh Allen... Oh, oh yeah, there we go. I know culture. <laughs> Posh Allen knows that this is definitely a masterwork artifact from the time of man. Charles, you get a sense from this book, several things, but the most, imp- the two most important things is that you, it feels very warm to hold. Ooh. You think if someone was holding it and lied, the heat from this book would actually heat up and burn that person so they won't be able to like, at least hold a straight face or be able to lie without having a poker face. You also know that once this relic is exposed to sunlight, it will last for two weeks before crumbling into dust. So keep it in a bag. I want to hand it to Posh Allen and I want to say, who's your favorite in this group? I want to kind of like gently toss it to him (laughs) so he catches it as he's saying it so he can't figure it out while he's holding it. You say Grolf? Yeah, that's the truth because he's been showing me some respect. Are you actually lying? He showed me some respect. He's currently my favorite. In the All moment, right. if you ask me like when he's gone, probably Charles. If, you, if you're telling the truth, uh, the book uh, it just feels a bit warm, but doesn't do anything. Okay, I put the book in my bag. It's mine now. That's how this oh. works. <laughs> well, so we can take the book back to those people and have them hold it and then have them tell us the truth. Here's, here's the thing. What's I think on? we shouldn't do that because it's just playing right into Fiona's plan to get a you-can't-handle-the-truth scene, and I don't think we should endorse that. God forbid trying to follow along the plot of his story. (laughs) If someone lies to us, we can use the book to hit him in the face until they tell us the truth. (laughs) What are you planning on doing? What's the plan? Well, so we could continue exploring this cavern. Well, okay, first off, we should probably rest up. Groff is hurt. Yeah. Those people were only going to stick around until night, even though it was probably a short fight. But but if we're going to wait anyway, we might as well take a long rest so we can, uh, you know, get a little bit of health. Where would you have this short or long rest? Would you have it here in the cavern? Or would you go back up somewhere more defensible or go see the badgers? I say we go up and see the badgers. Someone's carrying Grolf at this point. Um, and you make your way back to the badgers. They're still there. They maybe just tense up as you go through sort of the, the burlap sack that was ho- hiding the entrance. Harriet looks up to the group of you and just says, oh, hold one second. Before we get down to anything else, I need you to say it again. I need you to hear that you're not here to bring harm to these cats. I need to hear that you're not 
here to bring harm to Levi or myself. I need to hear that you are not here to do the evil work of Henrik Doberman. I need to hear it whilst holding the artifact in your paws. I just hold the book and I go, yes. To what? <laughs> the cat is saying yes. <laughs> as you hold the book in your palms, there's like a, a slight shiver as sort of there is a little bit of heat, but it's un- not uncomfortable. So you manage to, you know, as you were speaking honestly, seeing a reaction to Posh Allen's sort of change in face, seeing that he's lying, Harriet relaxes, and seeing that Harriet relaxes, Levi relaxes to him, holds down his weapon. As a sidebar to the party, I think in sometime in the near future, we should have Grolf hold the book and ask him a few questions to make sure Trust his him. intentions are actually what he shows. He shows proper respect, so he's got to be a good guy. I mean, I think so too, but you know, his family has this all set up, and so who's to say he's not actually in on it? Uh, Harriet says, you probably are aware of this by now, but the book is more than it shows. Among my people, we call it the Badger's Bane. If you speak a lie whilst holding it, you feel man's punishment. I don't know why, it just happened. So when I say what I got to say, you'll know it's the truth. And she sort of has her paws open as if to asking for the book. Don't take your hand off it while it's in their hands. Yeah, yeah. Tell her she can put her hand on it, but she can't take it. (laughs) Because we went through a lot of trouble to get that stupid book. I'm guessing you hold it out for her to touch rather than, like you said, just to sort yeah. of grip on it. If you hold it out sort of like this, you will put her paws on the top and bottom of it and hold it like that. And she says the following. Two years ago, Henrik Doberman decided that he could see more profits from his mines if he stopped paying the workers. Of course, workers don't take well to that sort of thing. So he brought in his mercenary friends and forced the residents of the towns above us to leave and keep silent. After that, he started bringing cats like those poor creatures we have behind us. Cats and even some dogs that had come to the Doberman family for food and clothing. They even started up their damn-manned cat conservation society so those poor things would walk in unknowingly to their shackles. Levi and I decided we couldn't stand it anymore and we started to free those that we could. We cleared out the warrens and stumbled upon those ancient ruins down there, but it turned out that a demon lived down there too. Anyhow. Levi and I intend to take these poor souls and get them out while the going's good. So our time here together is done. I'm glad to see that there are still some good dogs and cats out there. If you want to do something, go back to Pugmire and make sure Henrik doesn't get away with this. And throughout this whole time, you can feel this, uh, Posh Allen, the the warmth doesn't change in the book. So you think she is speaking the truth. I want to ask her if she knows anything else about what's in these caverns, specifically beyond the Hound. Harriet looks to you, Sir Charles, and says, well, I mean, you probably face those horrible diatics that sort of come out of the walls. We know that the caverns further down, we assume, past the altar, will have more and more of those creatures. Caverns certainly down there go for miles and miles, but we weren't able to go and look at them in much detail because the, the creature came and attacked us when we tried to get the book ourselves. All right, adventure time! I would say, is there any chance these uh, tunnels lead towards the mine, or...? Why they were here? Is it an escape route? Is it a secret underground town for the badgers? They didn't know about the shrine to man uh, below. Basically, the storehouses above were new, and they managed both badgers managed to find the warrens and started tunneling it out so they have places to sort of hide the cats and stuff. So all that is sort of them made, and then they found the steps like as they were excavating it, and then they found the altar to man. Yeah, they don't know much about the history about that. All the, all they know is that it's definitely something to do with the, the Altar of Man. 
they haven't exploded that far themselves before the demons uh, came and attacked. So, long rest? Yes, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Harriet says, well, we, we will be on our way. Levi and I have no need for these relics, so please keep it with you. We've got to leave with these cats now and just not add to the narrative of the story anymore. Please let us go. <laughs> please feel free to, to use his warrens to, to rest up from that battle. Um, we have enough food and stuff in the, the stock room. We will take quite a lot of it for us and the cats as we as we leave and get out of here, but there'll be some left over. So if you wish to replenish your supplies in any way, please feel free to do so. You, you've done more than enough here. So what would you like to do? Uh, I mean, yeah, we should sleep. 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 Long rest. What's the rule with regaining stamina dice? Long rest. You can, It just happens automatically. Okay. Only if you were doing it outdoors would you have to make a constitution saving throw to make sure you've regained everything back. But as I'm technically counting this as indoors and you're not in combat. Okay. You restore everything. So stamina points, stamina die, and spell slots if you use them. And as you guys sort of rest up in this uh, the burrow, the badgers lead the cats out one by one and all these different cats sort of, they are quite skittish but they and trying to sort of circle around you as best they can. But they don't come, you know, they don't look aggressive at all. They, if, if anything, they just look very scared, very hungry and malnourished. Uh, but one by one, they sort of all go out of the, the burrow and with the last sort of flick of their tail, the, the group of cats and badgers disappear. Eventually, Grolf comes around Looks very, uh, very tired, very sort of like woozy. P- Paw Patrol, did 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 we succeed in our in our quest? Did we get the artifact? Yeah, no, thanks to you, kid. <laughs> oh, Sir Charles of the Paw Patrol, I I think you'll find I actually hit it for quite a lot of damage when nobody else did. Um, that so can't... I think we should, while he's somewhat dazed and confused, we should use the book on him and ask him some questions. So, Grolf, please place your hand. On this book. Uh, Sir Charles of Paw Patrol, of course I will do that. So I want to ask Grolf why he is here. Uh, Grolf says, well, I'm here to to find out what, what my father is doing. I, he's been lying about what's happening with the mines and been acting shifty ever since I got home from the military school. And I want to know what's happening here. Okay. And I'm assuming nothing happens with the book? Grolls like at first when he was like, "Oh, the book is warm," but then like trusting what you're doing holds it, and there's no change of temperature. Seems to be telling the truth. So he heard about, I'm assuming, about the cats and whatnot in that mine. He didn't hear the story about his father over the last two years, basically implementing slave labor because he was unconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he knows that the badgers and cats were antagonistic towards anyone associated with. Hendrik Doberman, but he and he kept quiet during that first conversation. What do you know about cats in the mines and other forms of slave labor? Other other forms of slave labor? There, that's I I can't be right. That's I I just no that that can't be right. That I the father would never approve of that sort of thing. And the book does. What he's saying, he believes is the truth. Yeah. So he's he's not deliberately lying. So what we're going to have to do is figure out what's going on in these mines, overthrow the father Doberman, and then install Grolf on the throne to rule over Genovia. <laughs> Grolf pipes up at this point and says, sorry, did I miss something? Where are the badgers and the cats? 
Did they say anything about my father? I'm not holding the book anymore. <laughs> okay, somebody else has to tell the kid. Tell me what? What? What is this? What is my father's connection to the cats and to the badgers? So, uh, yeah, I mean, your father's just got some cheap labor. You know, we can debate about the ethics of it, you know, later. Uh, and kicked a bunch of people out of their homes because they were upset that the cheap labor was taking their jobs. So, you know. You can see that uh, Grolf looks visibly upset and has trouble speaking back, but he, he sort of says, okay, I, I promise you all that when I see my father, we will bring him to justice. Please, let me, let me travel with you. I want to put things right. So Grolf, cl clearly taken on board what you've said, Posh Allen, and whilst upset by it, is willing to like see this through and bring his father to justice, if that's what you as the Paw Patrol would like to do. Cool. Mm -hmm. So we're all healed up. You're all healed up. It's been about eight hours, so it's in late at night just now. You know it takes about four to six days to get back to Pukmire. So it's a question of like, what would you like to do in terms of, do you, are you going to go back and confront Doberman? Or are you planning to uh, report back their, the Doberman family's dealings to some sort of police force? I want to I wanna explore these other caves. You can if you want. Let's explore the caves. Northwest one first. Go. I start wandering off. Someone can make a survive check for me, please. So either a wisdom or if they've got survive plus their proficiency. 18. You maybe take the rest of the night because you think to yourself, maybe we should wait till morning before starting off again. Go through back down to the altar and check out the other sort of tunnels tailing off from the big room. Uh, you don't find anything of note in the altar room. You do find that after maybe about 200, 300 feet on each of the tunnels, they sort of whittle down to very small, almost tick-like sizes. And certainly in the last couple of ones, you can hear, as you're all very quiet enough with that good survival check, you can hear the sounds of gentle tickings as clearly several dozen of these diatics live in the walls of this cavern. That's good. That's free yes. XP, guys. It can't be worse than the last fight. <laughs> I mean, only one of us almost died. Can we go back to the top and go to the mines themselves? You can certainly do that if you want. Is that what you're planning to do? Are you planning to go check out the mines and then what's the plan? Because we could try and free all the cats and whatnot at the mines and then the family has no labor there. Just really, you know, fuck that place up. Um, or we try and turn them into the police, but I have a feeling the police are working for the family. Yeah. So Charles, can you do me a no history check or an intelligence check? I got a six. So Charles, you know that Dobermans have their paws and a lot of pies. Um, so they probably could influence the police force, yeah. Okay, then let's go down the mines. So you make your way out of the secret passageway to where those corpse of trees were from before. And you know so that when you get up there, the Ellen Donk village is behind you and the mines are off maybe a mile or so. As you get closer to the mines, you can see it's pretty locked down. You can see at least from a distance, like maybe you hide behind some trees and whatnot, you see that there are at least three dozen well-armed guards and there seems to be like a gate with metal spikes and actually looking through it you see half a dozen guards taking through various prisoners cats shackled up, you see the old dog, one or two, even a rat uh, being taken in it looks almost like fortified So here's the plan 
Kona, you're going to shoot your arrow at the same time I throw my trident as the opening salvo, and then we go ham. <laughs> and then we all get destroyed by the guards. Grolf says, um, poor Polish patrol, I, I think we need reinforcements in some way, and I would rather we didn't cause any more bloodshed than we already have done. Listen, if you think that you need help, you thought wrong. How many I of them are there? How many could there be? 40, three 50? Dozen. We got it. Three dozen? That's 36. Oh, you said three dozen. Yes. Sorry, I heard half a dozen. Nope. Three dozen. Oh, yeah. That's... Apparently I can't trust uh, Benji's word on anything. Can we use our buddy being a member of the the family to get past these? Yeah, tell him, tell him you're here to do an investigation. We can try yeah, and uh, look around, control. maybe see if we can get anything useful. Grolf sort of looks really ashamed of this. He goes, well, I... I'm I'm only a kid. I I was at military school. They don't know who yeah, I am. Yeah, a kid from the fan. I don't have any any authority here or anything like that. And also, my Ooh, father doesn't know attitude. we are with you. My father my father doesn't know I'm with you. So, so they don't know. They've been guarding a mine. Why would I be here with strangers and not my father or any of the guards of the house? Because he's trying he's trying to get you he's trying to get you ready for uh you know some more responsibility and stuff. I'm not supposed to be here. I snuck out to follow you guys because you seem to have the best lead. Well, hold on. You didn't tell us. You said that you. You said that you were home from school. You didn't tell us you're cutting class. No. Hold on here. Now that's I'm irresponsible. No. Uh, get the book. Get the book. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember from last time, he said he was he had been home for the holidays from elementary school, but has snuck away from the household to come join you on your adventures to find out what his father is up to. But he's done it without his father's knowledge. He thought the father would stop him. I don't like the notion of passing up a perfectly good experience, but three dozen's a lot of people. So I guess we can go back. Alright. So if you're making your way back to Pugmire, the capital of the Dogland, can you uh can someone make for me a survival check? Someone who is gonna lead in the way. Dude, that's uh me. Uh <laughs> twenty-three. Nice. Very good. Ooh, you just make it. So, Kona, so you make your way back towards Pugmire, and because you've already travelled to Elendonk before, um, and you've got a good idea of the route, you start making your way back at a good pace. And then, you don't know what it is, but on the second or third day, you kind of get the sense something's not right. Again, there's not many, been many people on the roads, but this time it's eerily quiet, as if the, the birds and the wildlife around have been in. So you suggest out of sort of, I don't know, pure sort of like gut instinct, say, hey, let's not be on the main road. Let's let's go by uh, the, the forest instead. Just get, get off the main road. Something's not right. And a couple of hours later, you see a group of uh, mercenaries pass your position. And you maybe stay still for a good 10 or 15 minutes. You see uh, a border collie dressed in finery, uh, jewels on each of their sort of tobins. Um, a huge sort of sword at their side, surrounded by sort of six other uh, sort of lesser mercenaries. The border collie has a huge hat on with a big plume, and it seems to be marching with determination towards Elendonk. You get an instinct impression that something's not right with this border collie. And all of you, now that uh, Kona's pointed out, get the sense of unseen coming out of this dog's paws as it marches past the group onwards to Elendonk. Can I do smell magic? Would that tell me anything? 
You can do smell magic. What does it do? I also might as well cast detect magic. I want to try and like catch a whiff of this uh, entourage and see if I can't spell some kind of specific magic that's coming from them, maybe? Absolutely. For the duration, you smell the presence of magic unseen or characters under unseen influence within 30 feet in front of you. If you sense magic in a state, you can use your action to smell a faint odor around any specific invisible character or object in the area that bears magic. So you concentrate, uh, you both, both you and Posh Allen do, and you get the really strong smell of unseen from the Border Collie. You sense that the one that's closest to the Border Collie has a, a small uh, presence of magic within them. And looking at them, they are dressed slightly differently to the other the other dogs around it. So you've got the Border Collie, who's definitely smelling of unseen. The one next to him is in sort of robes with a hood, is holding a staff. You sense that they have some magical prowess and so on. And everyone else has sort of uh, short swords and bows, almost like a uh, like a group of militia going towards Ellen Donk. And Ellen Donk's where we just came from, correct? Correct. Well, if we try and capture the magic person, then the other people will attack us. It seems if we can incapacitate the magic person, then perhaps the spell would be lifted. Grolf leans forward to you, Sir Charles, and says. I recognize the guy that's leading them. His name's Ronaldo. God, he sounds like an asshole. <laughs> well, he's a friend of my father's. He he used to fight alongside them in the in the Great Cat and Dog War. And he was alright, but he just he hates cats. So he got dispelled from the army. I've not seen him for, for many seasons, but it can't be good. Whatever he's up to, it can't be good. And this group sort of gets further and further away, sort of thirty feet. 60 feet. I mean, are we going to ambush him? 120 feet. How powerful is this guy? I ask Grof. Yeah, like, how many people has he killed? Well, I know he's dangerous, and if if he has that sense of unseen, I mean, we tried, well, we faced an unseen back in the cavern, and, and that was just with dietics. This could be even worse. So, and they pretty much walked past us. Yep. They're getting further and further away. You can run to catch them back up. Nah. Leave them? Yeah. You maybe take another 10 minutes or so to see them sort of the party sort of blip out of existence and get past. And thanks to Kona's really good roll, you avoided a pretty deadly fight. So you maybe take another day or so, and then you see in the distance coming up quite a bit, you see the sort of the gates of Pugmire. Grolf on getting closer and closer to Pugmire starts to get a little bit nervous and sort of turns to you before you enter the gates and go, what's the plan? Are we are we going to confront my father or are we or are we going to go 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 report? And well what do you what do you think, Paw Patrol? What did we say about the uh police force that was there? Are they probably bought off. Yeah. Uh, you, none of you could remember. So people you can report to. So obviously there's the police force uh there's also the Pioneer Society, which you are all members of. Uh, Fiona Corgi is the sort of the head for that. Those are the two sort of main sources of sort of authority that's not necessarily, or you hope, aren't uh, influenced or biased in any way. Well, so we could go to the Pioneer Society and see if they can help us with backup or something. And we can always have them hold the book to see if they've been bought off or not before we tell them how much we know but we have to make sure that it happens in an inside place yes so the sun doesn't hit it so it doesn't 
decay. Yeah, you would have all been informed that it takes it. It will last for two weeks before it crumbles into dust, if there if exposed to sunlight. So is that the plan? You're going to go to the Pioneer Society? Yes. Yeah. A Pioneer Society. So you make your way to the guild. It is an absolutely gaudy building. If you imagine Howl's Moving Castle, but squashed and elongated up. There's many turrets, many different towers poking off and stuff like that. And there's sounds of clashing as people are having fights in some sort of armory. There is an alchemist uh, tower with bl- plumes of sort of blue and purple and yellow smoke every so often shooting out of it. You make your way to the office of Fiona Corgi and you maybe taking a moment to get an appointment with her. She ushers you in and goes, well, welcome back, great adventurers. And Posh Allen, thank you again for, for joining my friends on this. Tell us, how, how did it go? How, was, how were the domains? And Oh, Graf Dominion, a, a pleasure to have you here. <laughs> oh yeah, he joined us now. Uh, he's on internship. Part of his uh, training from the military academy requires real real life experience. We got we got lucky though. It's not, there's no there's no required compensation for it. Yeah. It was really lucky for us. Mm-hmm. He does have to write a summary of what he's learned at the end of all of this. True, though. it's a pass fail requirement. <laughs> Grohl's face falls like, oh. um, but Grohl remains silent, being aware that there may be turn for him to speak if needed, but. Fiona Corgi is like, so? Well, what happened? Did you manage to dispatch the, the bandits at the mines? E- no. We dispatched something. I feel like, hear me out on this, this thought that we should try. We take the book out. We say, here, hold this for a second. Oh, um, is, that, is that a masterwork artifact? These are incredibly rare. No, it's just a book. Um, Are you holding it? Damn it, no, I'm not. Uh. Oh, I think you're holding it. It's a constitution saving throw. 11. You feel the book heat up in your hands, and as a result, your face twists like... Ah, ah, you got- oh, would you look at that? It is a um, an artifact. I just wanted to show you that it works. Um, I have a few questions for you. Uh, uh, please, yeah, sure. Uh, Wait, about the book or about something else? I don't, I don't quite understand. Other things. I grumble from the <laughs> side. <laughs> First, um, we have some very sensitive information that we have collected. Oh, okay. And as much as we want to trust you, <laughs> we will need you to prove that you are loyal to the uh, pi- Pioneers... What are we? Explorers, Adventurers Guild? And you haven't been bought off by nefarious groups. Of course, the Pioneer Society is my number one priority. Why would, why would you say such thing? I don't know how to ask this question. Are you trying to ask, like... If she's ever been paid off by the king. Well, by the Doberman. By the Doberman. Yeah, are they in league with the Dobermans? Yes. Um, so she holds it and she goes, No, not at all. We are, we are a neutral agency. We, we obviously lease out pioneers like yourselves to, to go and do stuff. We're not sponsored by any one family. We treat them all as neutral. We don't give them any favors or anything. So if you were to learn of any family in this town who may be uh, in in cahoots with devious deeds, what would your reaction be to that? Would you help us to fix the wrongs? Well, of course. I, As being the head of this uh, Pioneer Society, I assume it is something to do with the Dobermans, assuming you have brought the actual son of the Dublin family here. No, he's our intern. No, that's a happy little coincidence. He's <laughs> oh. just on internship. Yeah. Things are going to get real awkward for him. He's going to learn a lot. 
we can discuss the internship of the Doberman boy at a later date. Are you are you saying that there has been some sort of treason or some sort of uh, malicious act performed or uh, enacted by one of the families here? Those might be strong words. What happened to Ellen Donk? Let's say hypothetically, we arrived. Say, let's say actually, what did you do? We, okay, we did we arrive. Arrived. That was actually There were baddies. We slayed the baddies. We got there. One of the baddies happened to be a Doberman. Nobody was left in town. I don't think town. we killed a Doberman. No. no. Grolf says, we definitely didn't kill any of my kin. <laughs> oh. So maybe, after a lot of discussion between yourselves, you <laughs> tell Fiona Corgi what actually happened. Which yeah, was... that sounds good. With only a few minor embellishments while not holding the book. Sure. You say how great you were and how you didn't take any damage from this demon hound. After you finished regaling the, the adventures to Ellen Donk and talking about the badgers, talking about how Henrik Doberman had been using the Cat Conservation Society set up by their household, which is supposed to help poor cats and dogs find accommodation and clothing, is using that to funnel slave labour into his minds. Fiona Corgi sort of sits back and is like, well, this is very serious. Come with me. Come with me. And she gets up, and if you follow her, she leads you out of the guild, down some streets, and goes to a door uh, down one of the, the many side streets, and does a knock. There's a slit in the uh, in the door, opens, and she goes, it's Fiona Corgi. I need to see the king. The door shuts, opens. You maybe go down another couple of flights of steps, and you enter a big room. And you all recognise King Puckerton, a young fawn pug, so the standing, like, in what would look like, uh, like if you can imagine, the uh, Churchill's war rooms. And he sort of turns around and he sees Fiona Corgi and uh, the rest of the pioneers there. And he goes, oh, please come in, be seated. Um, Can I get you something to drink? Or, or maybe something to eat? Oh, I'll I'm so take sorry. a glass of guess. wine. <laughs> a glass of wine, perfect. It goes to a globe, opens it, starts putting out drinks. Off to the side sits another figure that you do recognise from various missives that have been circling around Pugmire. One, uh, Senshar Mura, a much older, a more distinguished looking pug. She sort of clears her throat a little bit and Puckington sort of stiffens at getting a drink out and goes, oh yes, of course, I'm sorry. Um, I heard that you were doing a, a journey for one of the Dobermans and uh, I think you deserve to hear some of the decisions being made and why we're making them, but will you be able to tell me about the times that led to your um, untimely deaths? And there's a moment where Fiona Corgi goes, no, hang on. I don't think you understand. Look, I haven't been entirely truthful about it, but we received news two days ago that all of you adventurers, all you pioneers, were killed by mercenaries on the road whilst coming back. Oh, so like the mercenaries that we saw that they had sent out were supposed to kill us? Well, they say there are reports that mercenaries from Elendonk were trying to kill people that we that were sent out from the Pioneer Society to help the Dobermans. The Dobermans have been using this sort of cover saying that the cat bandits had killed our pioneers in order to flame wars between Pugmire and the monarchies of Mao, certainly. When you arrived back at the guild, I was kind of a little bit shocked, I will admit that, but you seemed to say who you were and were genuine. Like, you seemed to pass the tests about why we'd sent you to Elendonk, even though it took you a little while to remember the, the minor details. King <laughs> Puckington is like, well, you see, it's, it's very interesting. The Doberman family are technically next in line to rule Pugmire. So any strength they can muster uh, before my, my reign is over 
and we give it up to a democracy. I had to know the truth, whether the Dobermans were lying or not. Look, you have shown great strength and courage, and I'm in your debt from what I hear from uh, Fiona Corgi, but I fear I must ask you for your help one last time. You see, the Dobermans are a powerful and noble family. If they choose to withhold their resources, it means we could not be able to defend ourselves against attackers in Pugmire. It could mean a great many dogs will be without work or income to feed their families. It could even lead to civil war between us and monarchies. What Henrik is doing is wrong. He is, without a doubt, a bad dog. <laughs> but would I be a bad dog, too, in allowing so many to suffer if I expose him? This is where I need your help. Should I expose Henrik, or should I said work to reduce Pugmire's reliance on his money, soldiers, and mining resources? What do you think I should do? So we can either expose him and cause a civil war, or we can work to slowly undermine him while people continue to suffer. Undermine him and expose him? Why not both? So what you're saying is our options are have a civil war or put into, like, and as part of the civil war, cause a a massive uh, recession, but only for the dog kingdom, not the cat kingdom. (laughs) <laughs> Guys, I like I like that option. It will be it would create bad blood between our kingdoms anyway. What if we got resources to try and free the mines, which would then undermine the Dobermans because they would lose that resource. All well and then once that happens we can expose them. So I see what you mean. Maybe an undercover operation. Maybe send some dogs and cats in there and liberate it from the inside, perhaps. Yeah. Also, um, the king is not worried that we got the Doberman's son with us, right? Because oh, it's an it's an internship, like. <laughs> but like we're talking about his father. Honestly, though, we might need to. We might. It, it sounds like this could take a while. This project, we might need to extend it into a co-op instead of an internship. Yeah. Yeah, he, you might have to take your next <laughs> semester off of school. Grolf this whole time has been very quiet. Again, uh, as if he's not important to the as scene. You, you get the impression that he is true. He wants to see his father brought to justice, and he will be happy to do that in any way he thinks um, is appropriate by the Paw Patrol. Yeah, I mean, I think we should go. I think we should go to the mines try and liberate from within. With a small army. It's a good thing we have a cat. And with that, that is the end of the Pugmire one-shot. At least we've got a cat. <laughs> got two. <laughs> be a good dog. Protect your home. Be loyal to those who are true. These are the words of the Code of Man. Well, unless you can be a cat, then you should always be a cat. Roll credits. The What Am I Rolling podcast was created, recorded, and edited by me, Fiona Howitt. This episode's players were Jacob Folks, Brandon Trent, Katie Trent, and Andrew Faulkman. This episode's RPG was Pugmire by Eddie Webb. You can find out more information about Pugmire on their website. That's www.realmsofpugmire.com. The theme music was 8-Bit March by Twin Musicon of twinmusicon.org, licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. If you want to find out more about the podcast, check out the website. That's www.wairpodcast.com. Fancy getting in touch? Email the podcast at whatamirollingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at wair underscore podcast for the latest news on upcoming episodes. And remember, adventurers need not apply.